you have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda, and I thank you for joining me as we continue our journey up The Winding Stairs. On today's episode, we drank from the fire hose, the proverbial explanation of receiving too much information at one point. Of course, what I'm referring to is the one-day conferrals. Many people have their very poignant opinions about what one-day classes or one-day conferrals are all about. But today, we go to the source. We go to the numbers. We want to hear real information regarding this trend that we saw in the 2000s and luckily has waned a little, but we can still see it here and there. I think it's important that we understand the effect that it has on our fraternity, if any, so that when we speak about it or we make decisions regarding it, we do so well-informed and we don't repeat mistakes from the past. While doing research for this episode, I got in touch with two brothers that I respect highly. And I'm very thankful for the time that they spend sharing their knowledge regarding one-day conferrals. Both of them past masters in two different states, and they have an experience, they've had personal experiences with one-day conferrals. And we looked at the data just to find out what is the impact on the craft. As you know, Freemasonry is an initiatic experience, an experience designed to create an impression upon the participant so that the information that is conveyed at that moment is stored in that person's mind forever. And they can be able to recall that information when the moment is pertinent and apply those lessons to his life. When a man is first initiated, the experience is so impressive that there is no other outcome but to remember it fondly and to remember it in a vivid way. That is the effectiveness of an initiatic experience like the one offered in Masonry. Now what happens if we combine the first degree, second degree, and third degree and offer those three incredible experiences all at once to the candidate. Are we being effective enough to convey all these lessons to them or are we overwhelming them? When I chose the title for this episode, I, I had a little laugh because I thought, I've heard this expression many times and it, it, it alludes to receiving so much at once that it's difficult to to digest. You know, it's, so, it's difficult to really receive all this information at once. And when you think of a one-day conferral, you're going through an experience that is designed to last a brother months, perhaps years, depending on the circumstance. And here we're condensing it all into one day. It goes without saying that I have been suspicious of this practice, suspicious of its efficiency. But the first question that came to my mind when I first discovered them was, 
Are one-day conferrals a really bad idea? Or is there a merit to them? And I want us to explore this a little bit. It's a difficult question to, to answer because when it was designed, it was designed for a reason. And today we're, we're, we'll learn a little bit more about what that decision was. Was it a response to something else? Here's what happened. The, in fairness, the, the Grand Lodge of Washington, D.C. actually started them. Here is Brother Chris Hodap, author of Freemasons for Dummies. They didn't really catch on until the Shrine changed their membership requirements. Since its inception, the Shrine has always had a Masonic connection. However, they didn't want to change this whenever they noticed that membership was in decline. They decided to retain the Masonic connection, but remove the requirement of brothers having to go through the various rites. Now, this, of course, had a negative impact on the York and the Scottish Rite. So Grand Lodges began having a little bit of pressure from these appendant bodies to help in the process of making good men better and retaining them. Taking a page from what the Grand Lodge of DC had done in the past, what was suggested is that perhaps what needed to be done were these big events in which multiple brothers would go, not just through the blue degrees, but also the Scottish Rite degrees. goes berserk suddenly you got all these grand lodge guys looking at the figures and saying here's a way to fix the problem now if you think that taking or receiving three degrees in one day might seem like a lot of information like here's when here's when the water flow really gets cranked up now imagine in addition to those three degrees having all the degrees of the Scottish Rite conferred within a day or two. How much information do you think that brother is able to retain at the end of such an event? At the beginning, these seemed like effective ways of drawing good men into the fraternity because we're talking about hundreds of brothers joining at once. And listen what happened next. This is the moment of of shock for me. When I heard this number, I, I couldn't even believe it. Well, suddenly Ohio comes along in 2002 and does 8,000. Wait, what? Did you hear that? Let me play that again for you. Well, suddenly Ohio comes along in 2002 and does 8,000. Yep, you heard it right. 8,000. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me, let me just put a scenario in your mind. Have you had a class uh, or a an initiation of perhaps three, four brothers? Finding mentors, finding active men, mentors for those three, four brothers that will ensure that they not only go through the degrees, but actually learn the lessons and, and find practical applications for their lives. That might be a little challenging, let alone eight thousand brothers at once now if you were to think what happens afterwards you have an influx of eight thousand brothers into the fraternity that has to be great 
because now you have 8,000 members that weren't there before. And, and yes, perhaps at the moment there is a, a big spike in membership. These are dues paying members that perhaps it's a it's a welcoming influx of of capital for for the Grand Lodge and for the respective lodges in order to maybe help with their different uh, fiscal decisions that they have to make. But what happens in the long run? Has anybody looked at the retention rate? Are these brothers that stay active in the fraternity? Because I think that's a very important question. What would be the value of bringing 8,000 people in at once if we can't keep them in our ranks? If we can't keep them long enough for them to really find the value of what living life with the tenets of Freemasonry is all about. The one-day classes have no long-term effects on membership retainment. Uh, they are a temporary solution to a long-term problem. You probably recognize that voice. That is Brother John Rourke from the Masonic Roundtable. Back in March, we were invited to the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania's Academy of Masonic Knowledge. And at this event, John gave a presentation on one-day classes. Uh, John is an engineer. He is a numbers guy. And he started trying to find information. He reached out to Grand Lodges throughout the country to try to find real answers on the matter. It wasn't enough for him to gather this existing data. This search motivated him to put together one of the most comprehensive surveys in our modern Masonic history to really find real answers. The survey kind of gets into a little bit of the why behind that, where I actually interviewed real Masons um, and asked them questions like, how long did it take between your degrees and how long did it take before you join an independent body to get some actual data to dig in a little bit further? Before we proceed, what effect do these one-day conferrals have on the overall participation and retention of members. Now, when you study this stuff, and Grand Lodges have studied it for over 30 years, ever since D.C. started doing them, what they discover is the participation rate and the retention rate between guys who come through their degrees traditionally versus a one-day class situation the participation rate and retention rate are exactly the same. Think about that for a second. What this means is that if a lodge has a retention rate of 20%, so out of every five new candidates or new brothers, five years later, one still is an active member of the lodge. This rate doesn't change whether they came in through a one-day class or through a regular initiation process. That's sobering because it shows you that there's a variable here that's not one-day classes. So if one-day classes are not to blame for lack of retention and attrition within our lodges, then what is? 
you know, it, it comes down to, I, I, I say this over and over again everywhere I go. No Grand Lodge ever, anywhere on the face of the earth, forced a lodge to have bad ritual work, lousy food, uh, no Masonic education, political infighting. You know, no Grand Lodge forces anybody to do that. Now, we're getting somewhere here. On the recent weeks, I have been posting different things on the Winding Stairs Freemasonry group on Facebook. And one of the topics that I wanted to discuss and I wanted to bring to brothers' attention was the one-day conferrals. I expected brothers to state their cases pro this practice or say why they were against it, what their opinions were. But one disconcerting thing that I found was that a lot of brothers showed animosity towards the brothers that have gone through the one-day conferrals. Guys that get animosity from, from other Masons who came through traditionally, sort of all you can do is arm them with um, telling that, that complainer that, you know what, we don't have two classes of Masons in this fraternity. Nobody's dues card said, this poor guy is a McMason. When I brought this seeming animosity against brothers who went through the one-day conferral from brothers that came through in a more traditional way, Brother John Rourke had a similar response and chose to remind us of something very important. When in doubt, we kind of go back to the ritual, and I'm not going to give any ritualistic answers, but I will ask every Master Mason listening to this episode, what makes you a Master Mason? And if you know the answer to that, then it doesn't matter how you got to that answer. Um, the answer is still the same. Another thing that I'm reminded of, and, and with my Christian faith, if I go back to Matthew 20, uh, where Jesus talks about the parable of the person who has laborers working out in the field. Uh, the farmer pays laborers a wage as they work through the day, and he brings them more laborers later in the day and later in the day, and even an hour before nighttime, he pays them all the exact same wage. If, like me, you believe that one-day conferrals should be seldomly used, it is okay for you to despise the practice. That I respect. I completely understand it. But one thing I would remind brothers is that attacking another brother for the manner in which they were initiated or trying to, to say or discredit the way in which they were initiated is not a brotherly thing to do. If you happen to come across somebody who online is, is being aggressive, it's being uh, condescending towards a brother only because he was initiated through a one-day class, please remind him, uh, just like Brother John did here, of what makes him a Mason. You also have the option of reaching out to brothers who you know went through this process and might not be receiving the guidance that 
they might expect. And take it upon yourself to become his mentor. Nothing surpasses the experience of having a brother listen to you and help you apply the lessons of masonry into their lives. So I I would encourage you, if you come across a brother who is being chastised or unfairly attacked just because of the manner by which he was initiated into our honorable fraternity, I would encourage you to preserve the honor of our fraternity by stepping up, making a difference in this brother's life. I hope that you have found this information to be enlightening and this episode to be edifying. And I hope that if you know of a brother who went through a one-day conferral, make sure you share this episode with him. Let him know that he's not alone. Let him know that we are here to help. We want to make sure that they enjoy their Masonic journey just like anybody else. There's nothing different in this brother for having gone through a one-day conferral. We are all on the level, and I hope that we can always remind one another of this very fact. One common description that I come across all the time of the process of one-day conferrals is that these brothers are cheated out of a more profound or a more lasting experience. And I happen to agree with that to a degree. I like the focus of going through one degree at a time and allowing yourself to not just be a witness to that one degree, but take enough time between that degree and the next to analyze that information, to find practical applications of those lessons into your life. But I always wonder, are we stifling the growth of this new brother by having him go through a one-day conferral? Do we completely cheat him out of the entire Masonic experience? And I think the answer is no. But I have an even more solid example of why even if someone goes through a one-day conferral, there's still a chance for them to have a very fulfilling Masonic journey. I put it this way. I freely admit to anybody that I talk to, I say it at every talk that I ever give, and I'll tell anybody that asks me, I consider myself to be truly the luckiest guy in all of the history of the fraternity, just because of what happened to me. A one-day class guy winds up becoming a 33rd degree Scottish Rite Mason and, and the author of a book that becomes hugely popular worldwide is proof that if you don't think that one guy can't do anything to change this fraternity and make a difference, I'm here to tell you one guy can. One single Mason can accomplish an awful lot if he's really and truly dedicated to doing it. Well, there you have it. Even for brothers that have been forced to drink from the fire hose, there is a chance to live a very fulfilling life that is guided by the tenets of our fraternity. If you were a one-day conferral brother, we would love to hear your, your side of the story. 
How was it? Did you feel cheated out of the experience? Or do you feel that it was as fulfilling as any other initiatic experience? We would love to hear it. Hearing your perspective is something that will help the brothers that follow the winding stairs understand that another individual's experience in masonry is different and very valid. So please go to thewindingstairs.com and add a comment to this episode. Also, please take the time of sharing this episode with someone who you think might find it very useful, especially the leadership in your lodge. Send them a link. Let them hear the effects that one-day conferrals have on people and the possible solutions for for those who have already gone through one-day conferrals. I'm very thankful for Brother Chris Hodap and John Roark for the time that they took to share their thoughts. Uh, over the next few weeks, I will be sharing the full interviews with both of these brothers, and you definitely don't want to miss them because they're very insightful and have a lot of interesting facts that can help you understand one-day conferrals, among other things. A special thanks goes out to Billy Mays III of Infinity Third for providing some of the music that you've heard here on The Winding Stairs. If you want to hear more of his music, I invite you to go to infinitethird.com. I want to give a special thanks to a group of brothers who have been helping me in developing this latest series of The Winding Stairs Freemasonry Podcast, especially brothers Kevin Swartz, Jacob Bernard, Justin Miller, Brother Jack Templin, Alex Powers, Chris Streeper, and Mike Hembrick. Thank you, brothers, individually for all that you do to help The Winding Stairs be a source of light for our brothers. And finally, I want to leave you with this thought. I pride myself in taking action, and I know that you too. Sitting around just waiting for conditions to be perfect is not acceptable. We are men who were considered good by our peers and given the opportunity to become better man through the learning and application of the tenets of Freemasonry. Unfortunately, and I'm sure that you will agree with me, many people don't have a positive lodge experience because they're not receiving what they came to Masonry to get. And it's the proper instruction for their labor. I do love our fraternity and I love every aspect of it, the ritual, the history. But one thing in which we have failed many times is that we don't take care of brothers after they've joined the fraternity. Once they go through the degrees, we let them to their own devices to try to find the practical applications of masonry into their lives. If you feel this way, make sure you find a brother who is uh, a senior brother, perhaps a past master, a brother has who has been in masonry for a long time, and sit down with them. Take advantage of the opportunity that you have to involve yourself in Masonic education, even when it is not something that's easily provided within the lodge meeting. Not everybody has the initiative to go out and find books and distinguish what's good and what isn't, and it is always good to pair up with another brother and try to find the practical applications of masonry into your life. So I encourage you to do that. Find a brother in, in your lodge that can help you, that can sit down with you. If there is a mentorship program, make sure that you are part of it. From the uh, mentor point of view or from the mentee point of view, but be involved. Make sure that you don't let this opportunity pass you by where you don't 
take your degrees and you take the light that comes with those degrees a step further. What's the use of learning all these things if we don't find the practical applications of these lessons into our lives? Finally, I want to let you know that one thing that I've done for brothers who may not have access to other uh, brothers in their in their lodge or who might be unable to travel on a regular basis, I've put together a class that I conduct online and brothers from around the world have joined this and have expressed their satisfaction with uh, being able to converse with other brothers about the application of masonry. This is the project that I am the most proud of in my Masonic career because I have actually taken action and provided something that I wish I had access to when I first joined the fraternity. And this is called Applied Freemasonry. In it, uh, a group of brothers, we come together over video conference once a week. We choose a very specific topic and we find real life practical applications of the lessons of masonry for our individual lives. It's very open conversation that we have where we share some personal things, but we get real results. And I would love for you to be a part of it. If you want to learn more about it, I invite you to go over now to thewindingstairs.com forward slash applied and, and read more details about this program. It is something that uh, includes access to video classes, video lessons, audio. I have documents that can help you uh, keep track of your time, make better decisions in your personal life. And I, I find it to be a very, a very useful tool, and I think that you should be a part of it. So make sure to go to thewindingstairs.com forward slash apply. As always, thank you so much for listening to this episode and for joining me as we continue our journey up the winding stairs. <laughs>